I'm Renee Ritchie, and earlier today, the website went live. The YouTube stream was prepped. The invitations went out. This is not a drill. This is really real. Finally, Apple has set a time and place and date for their annual September event. Yeah, it's just not entirely what we expected, but I'm gonna tell you all about it, and I'm gonna do it right now. Sponsored by Brilliant. So here's what the invitation says. Join us from Apple Park, September 15, 2020, at 10 a.m. PDT. And when you tap on the logo, you get this really cool AR kit experience. It just spins up and out, and then it goes from Apple logo into date stamp in like one hot minute flat. And yeah, that is one hell of a first tweet flex from Apple's former vice president of product marketing, now freshly minted senior vice president of worldwide marketing, Greg Joswiak, welcome to Twitter, Jaws, and thank you for the brand new Apple event hash flag. Yeah, Twitter really calls them hash flags. Now, as soon as people saw the invitation, people did what people always do, and that is try to read the tea leaves. If you're not familiar with how this process works, the Marcoms, the marketing communications team, gives the specs to the graphics design team, to GD, and then they design all the artwork for the event. Now, uh, GD doesn't know what's in the event. They just know what Marcoms has told them. So it's better to think of the invitations as having sort of broad themes and not specific Easter eggs. So sure, blue could be the color of a new device and the ribbon-like look could represent something with the Apple Pencil or it could be a representation of the Apple Watch just mapping human movement through time and space. And the use of AR and time flies could absolutely be a reference to the LiDAR sensor, to the time of flight scanner that's on the new iPad and is rumored to be coming to the iPhone, but it could also just be a reference to time flying as in the Apple Watch. And sometimes a clever AR model that shows both an Apple logo and the date of the event is just a clever AR logo. So all of that considered, what is it that we can really expect from this event? A couple of the bigger trade publications have already in their coverage for the event included a line saying that there would be no iPhones there, that it would be an Apple Watch and iPad focused event with the iPhones coming sometime later. And that really reminds me of when we used to get similar lines before WWDC saying no new hardware. And that really set expectations because WWDC sometimes has hardware, sometimes doesn't. But if you go in expecting hardware and you don't get it, you're disappointed. And this feels to me very much like uh, the exact same kind of expectation setting. So it's possible that we'll get an absolutely usual standard iPhone event very, very similar to the video that I made a couple weeks ago that I pinned on the channel and that I'll link to in the description where we get everything that we've come to expect from a September event, including iPhones. But it's also really possible that when Apple's CFO, Luca Maestri, said on the earnings call a few weeks ago, Last year, we started selling new iPhones in late September. This year, we project supply to be available a few weeks later. That he really meant what he said. And so we'll more likely see those in a follow-up event a few weeks from now when Apple can show up and announce them and have pre-orders go live. And at least the first models, ones that are ready, come out in a couple of weeks as usual. And the other ones, if they have to follow up, you know, maybe a few extra weeks out. Starting off with Apple Watch Series 6. And yeah, I just did a video on that last week. So link for that 
also in the description. I think the first question is gonna be, what kind of an update is it gonna be? And I think it's a mistake to sort of uh, stick too closely to what year over year updates will it be, especially given last year's update was seen as iterative by a lot of people. But it's important to remember that the Apple Watch market isn't the iPhone market. Most people still don't have an Apple Watch or a computational watch of any kind. So there's huge, huge potential there. It's less about which new features are coming year over year and more about adding new features that first-time buyers will find compelling and at the same time removing roadblocks or problems that stop them from buying in the first place. And when you look at it that way, I think adding extra battery life, whether it's for sleep tracking or just in general, is a huge value add, especially for people who are worried about battery life on their watch, but also adding things like sleep tracking and like blood oxygen levels, especially if you can get someone like Apple's VP of health, Sumble Desai, up on stage, or in this case, in front of the camera, to explain pulse oxygen levels and alerts the same way she's explained the heart rate monitoring and alerts previous years as it pertains to sleep tracking or exercise or uh, now with the pandemic. And, you know, maybe they have Jules Arney, who runs the health technologies group, come out and show the brand new just announced gym kit integration with Peloton bikes. Or if Apple has their Fitness Plus, uh, their similar Fitness Plus service ready, maybe she shows that as well. And of course, then there's all the latest fall fashions for the watch colors and for the watch bands. That goes a long way into sort of increasing the appeal of the Apple Watch, especially because it's usually such a big seller come the holiday season. The more camera time it can get, the better for those sales. What's super interesting, though, is the idea of an Apple Watch SE, which would replace the Apple Watch Series 3. They sort of reintroduced last year at the $199 price tag. And that's, again, trying to get people who don't even have an Apple Watch, don't have a computational watch at all, to get in on the ground floor, to get in for the first time. And lowering the price really does that. But if it's an SE, maybe that means it gets more appealing features like fall detection and like the ECG app. Because as the main watch, as the Series 6 moves on, those features similar to the iPad can be pushed down to the newer entry-level models. And if they can keep the price at $199, that could be a really, really big holiday seller, especially given the state of the economy right now in general. I've also, of course, already done a whole video on the iPad Air 4, link in the description. But hey, that is literally my job, and that's why you hit the subscribe button and bell, right? The 2019 iPad Air 3 was a 2017 iPad Pro with slightly worse processing display and camera. So the 2020 iPad Air 4 should be a 2018 iPad Pro with slightly worse display processor and camera which would mean no promotion, no X's and extra CPU and GPU cores, and conceivably no LiDAR scanner. But uh, 2020 is just so weird in so many ways because the current iPad Air has an A12 series processor and the current iPad Pro didn't get a processor upgrade. It got a better binned version of its pre-existing processor. So instead of the A12, X, it has the A12Z. So would Apple bump up the iPad Air to an A13, giving it better single-threaded uh, operations, leaving the iPad Pro at an A12Z, not quite as good at single-thread, but still massively more scalable when it comes to overall, especially multi-core, thanks to those extra CPUs and GPUs. 
And so it's not inconceivable. We could see an iPad Pro later this year that has an A14X, for example, and things like 5G and maybe uh, even potentially things like a mini LED display. And that would really uh, seriously maintain the differentiation between those two devices. And even if it's not late this year, it could be early next year, especially because the iPad Air is supposed to be getting a much more iPad Pro design style as well with the narrower bezels and the lack of a home button. Not Face ID, but uh, the latest rumor says Touch ID in the... Uh, power button, which to people who are wearing far more masks now may be every bit as attractive, maybe even more attractive than Face ID at this point. Also, whether or not Apple would make it compatible with the Magic Keyboard, because at 10.8 inches, it's rumored to be smaller than the 11-inch iPad Pro, but like with the 10.2-inch iPad and uh, 10.5-inch iPad Air, there could be bigger bezels, but the same size chassis that lets it fit the same size keyboard. Again, we're dealing with the Michael Bay style chaos of 2020. Uh, Let me know what you think in the comments. Now, the calendar reminder that Apple has attached to the event goes for two hours. And it's hard to imagine just the Apple Watch and the iPad Air lasting for two hours. So either the event might be shorter and that could just be a placeholder time or there could be more at the event. And assuming there really aren't any iPhones and that Apple Silicon Macs would warrant their own event, uh, what else could we see? Other things that have been rumored are AirTags, which would use the Find My network to create little trackers that you could put in your bag or on your keys or in your car, or basically anything that you want to be able to track the way you can currently track your iPhone or iPad. Also, a finally fixed and shippable version of AirPower to charge multiple Apple devices uh, inductively. Likewise, the -the over-the-ear version of AirPods, AirPods uh, Studio, that would be sort of noise canceling and full-on computational strap a HomePod to your head style devices and HomePod mini, which would be like the current HomePod, just way smaller and cheaper and easier for people to sort of justify buying and uh, putting in their house. Also a new Apple TV that hopefully has a better remote, but has an A12X processor in it so it can do better HDR compositing and run the latest generation of Apple Arcade games and maybe Xbox streaming at some point as well, if Apple can get that head out of their apps. But many of those also feel like they would do better if they were announced alongside the iPhone, you know, sort of like the original AirPods were uh, as accessories, value adds to the iPhone. So I guess Apple just has to figure out what tells the best story and what makes for the best demo. And that's how they figure out which products to position together for any given event, including this event. Personally, just for me, I'm really hoping for the HomePod mini and the new Apple TV, because I think that can be folded together into a really nice home, sort of home hub story along with the iPad. But Apple's just gonna have to run the math and lucky for them, Brilliant's got a whole new math course library. So anyone, anyone can brush up on fundamentals, probability, algebra, calculus, trigonometry, differential equations and geometry, all the maths for school, for work, for fun, for running all the numbers and doing all the things Apple has to do for this event. Brilliant's a website and an app with over 60 interactive courses in math, science and computer science, logic and deduction, physics, quantum mechanics, game theory, cryptocurrency, so much more. And the courses are laid out like a story, broken down into pieces so that you can tackle them just a little bit at a time. And there are no tests, absolutely no tests and no grades. Just pick a course based on what you're interested in and start learning. And if you make a mistake, Nobody cares. Just check out the explanation to find out more and keep going. Go to brilliant.org slash Rene Ritchie and sign up for free. 
Just click on the link in the description or go to brilliant.org slash Rene Ritchie. And the first 200 of you can also level up with 20% off the annual premium subscription. And clicking on that link really helps out the channel. Now, I've got videos on all the new products coming this fall. Just hit the playlist right there, all the details on all the things. Just click on the playlist for more and I'll see you in the next video.